struggles. Responsibilities. Comparison. Relationships. Challenges. Life is full of conflicting narratives that seem to identify us. This can leave us questioning who we are and where we are headed. But the truth is, we are made for more. This is who I am because of Christ. I am chosen. I am protected. I am forgiven. I am empowered. I am loved. I am precious. I am enough. I am made, I am I am made. made for I more. I was made for more. All right, well, hey, good morning, everybody. How are we? Has God met you so far today? How about it? How's he met you so far? Yes. So good to be in this house with you. So good to be here with you. All of you watching online, thank you for joining us and worshiping with us. If you're watching live, so glad that you're doing that with us. Glad you're taking advantage of that. Last week, I was actually sick. Still got some remnants of that right now. But I was able to, because of what we're doing, I was able to actually sit and watch live online. Last week, it was really cool to be able to do that. Uh, and so I watched the entire service online, and then I was texting everybody notes. It was really cool. I was, like, texting Benji and Chad. I'm like, hey, what about this? And So I think they wished I was here rather than sick, to, you know, to giving them notes. It was, uh, you know, but it was really cool to have that experience. So all of you doing that, you could be doing anything, really, uh, and you're choosing to watch us wherever you are. I just think it's so cool that we're doing that. Hey. Before we get started, I need to talk a little bit about Easter. Easter is coming up. It's going to be here really, really soon. Uh, and so here's the thing. If our numbers are right, and if you kind of look around, uh, we don't have a lot of space even here today. If our numbers are right, we're going to ex we're expecting around 2,000 people to come uh, at Easter, which is awesome. It's so awesome that we're going to be expecting that many people. But, but also, uh, that kind of creates a problem. Uh, we're not going to be able to fit that many people in two services. So Here's what we're going to do. We, we are just one time only. We're not going to continue to do this. Just one time. Uh, we're going to have three services on Easter Sunday. So first thing I want you to do, mark your calendar because we're changing the service times. It's going to be 8.30, 10, and 11.30 on Easter Sunday. So just make sure you know that. Uh, so that's one thing that we are doing. That's what we're doing. Here's what I am asking some of you to do. Uh, what I need you to do is we need around 200 families or around 450 or so people uh, that are willing to actually sign up and register to come to the 8:30 service. Okay, just uh, we want to do that because we want the second all the services to be balanced out, uh, and we figure since the 8:30 service is so early, we just need a few people to to actually make a commitment that they'll come to the early service so that we can accommodate all of our guests and people that you're going to invite uh, to want to come to the 10 and the 11:30. So here's how you could do that. Right now, if you know you can do that, we're asking that you could do it as soon as possible so we can uh, make sure that we we have all the numbers that we're sure. You don't have to register for the 10 or 11 30 it's just the 8 30 uh, so you can do that right now if you have the church app if you have the river is church app if you get on there you'll see on the bottom you'll just see easter click that if you can make a commitment to come to 8 30 register yourselves your kids uh, that would be very very helpful so that we kind of know what we're looking at over the next several weeks we're going to be sending out facebook links to you as well on our facebook page so you can sign up that way as well you can get on riverridge.org and do that the easiest way though would be on the app uh, but e either way however you do it we're just grateful that we have that problem uh, it's awesome we're going to expect that many people so if you could help us by coming to the 8 30 that would be really good and here's the thing if you sign up for 8 30 i will personally uh give each one of you a special prayer that nobody else will get there you go there's some incentive now now okay and i'm a pastor i'm a pastor so my prayers are the same they're the same as yours that's a but 
you'll get a prayer. So there you go. Uh, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. If you can sign up for that service, that would be super great. It's going to be an awesome day, man. We're going to be celebrating Jesus coming back from the dead. Come on, everybody. It's going to be a great day on Easter. So hopefully you can sign up and come at 830. He, he came back from the dead at 830 just as much as he did at 1130. So there you go. All right, so we'll be good. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Uh, open them up to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We are in a series where we are looking at identity. Identity is so important. When it comes to how we live, how we love other people, and how we actually understand this life that we have down here on earth before uh, we meet uh, Jesus and meet God in heaven. So we have a lot, the identity has so much uh, to do with how we live in this life. Because the big idea that I want to keep in front of everybody throughout this whole series is this big idea right here. is because I live who I believe I am. That's identity, that, that we are all living out of something that we really believe uh, about ourselves. That's why identity is so important. There's a, a sociologist, with, to keep this idea of identity in front of us, there's a sociologist in the early 1900s, his name was Charles Cooley, and he was very influential in modern-day psychology. And here's what he said about our identity. Uh, he said this, he said, your self-concept or your identity comes from what you think the most important person in your life thinks of you. So, so what's huge here in this statement is right here. For who is that? For you, because whoever that is, is probably how you're living your life. That's probably very determining in how you're living your life out. So, so what we've been finding out together is that we are living out identities and labels, and a lot of times it's identities and labels that other people uh, have put on us, whether they're true or untrue, and we're living those things out. And a lot of times we even put labels on ourselves, uh, and we're living those things out. And here's what's crazy about this, everybody. That's why we're taking the time to talk about this. See, if we're living that out, this is what's true for everybody. It's what's true for you, no matter what, even if it's not who you really are. If you're living it out, it's true for you, even if that's not who you really are. So what we're doing is we're flipping the script on identities. We're taking a look. We're asking the question, well, what does God say about us? What does God have to say? Who does he say that I am? Uh, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ, he, he is the most important person in our lives. And so it's important to understand what he says about us. Because the Bible says, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, we are a new creation. And here's what's true, that God has given us labels. He's given us identities to live out of. But we need to know them first in order to live those out. So we've been just talking about the labels, the identities that God has given us. So far we've been talking about labels like I'm chosen, that I'm blessed, that I'm valued. Uh, and we looked at that I'm a masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. I am created to do amazing good works in God. Those are the identities that we've been looking at already. And today we're going to be looking at another identity that I'm filled that I'm filled, that we can actually be filled up. Those of us who uh, are Christians, those of us who surrender our lives to Christ, we could be uh, filled with some things that can only happen to followers of Jesus, okay? And, and so we're finding all these identities. It's an incredible book of the Bible in the book of Ephesians. All, the book is packed full in this letter that Paul wrote to a church, full of who God says that they were and that we are still today. So I hope you've been tracking with us. Uh, I hope you've been reading the book of Ephesians with us. We gave you out reading guides over, uh, and we gave out almost 900 of those, so that's a pretty awesome way to go and pick those up. So I hope you're reading with us. I hope you're keeping up with us. And even if you're not reading that guide with us, at least reading a chapter a week, because we're just taking a chapter a week. So I hope that you're keeping up with us. And here's another challenge. I just, just want to challenge you to keep reading. Keep getting God's Word in front of you. But here's one more challenge I want to give you, okay? Between now and Easter Sunday, okay? That's the end of the series is Easter Sunday. Between now and then, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you, between now and then, to find a 20 to 30 minute window of time where you could be by yourself, on your own, somehow, some way. Make it happen if you got kids. I know it's like takes up 70% of our time. But find a way to get 20 or 30 minutes to yourself. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just in one sitting, 
read the entire book of Ephesians. And don't stop until you get done reading the entire book of Ephesians. I love doing that. I love, when we do a book of the Bible, I always challenge myself to do that. I try to do that once a week uh, because here's why I love doing that. If you sit and read, here's what's going to happen when you read it in one sitting. There's going to be something new that pops out to you every single time you do it. So I just want to put that challenge in front of you. Read the entire book in one sitting. I just think uh, that it will be worth it. I think God will show you something. So keep up. Keep reading in God's Word. Keep staying in that, all right? I just hope and pray that you're doing that. All right, let's get going. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a statement up, and I want you to think about what you would do to fill in that blank. And here it is. Here's a statement. I want more blank. Now, what are you thinking of right now? Here's the thing. Most of you already have an answer to that statement right there. Most of you already know what you want more of. But what comes up when you think of that? Maybe it's uh, more money. I want more money. Maybe it's more house. You're a little crowded in your house. Man, I want more house. Maybe it's more car. Maybe it's more vacation. Maybe I want more PTO, right? Like that. But you know what a lot of people would probably say? I bet you a lot of you are thinking, man, I just want more time. That's probably what a lot of people would say they want more of. Crazy thing about time uh, is that we all have the exact same amount of time. It's just that people choose to spend it differently. But I would say a lot of people would choose to say, man, I want to put more time up there. So what, what are you thinking of right now when you say, I want more blank? For me, uh, I know what I'd put up there. Uh, I put up sleep. I want more sleep right now. I am just not sleeping very good at all, everybody. And, and I've not really been a very good sleeper uh, anyways. But here's the thing. Now Courtney and I are convinced. We know what the problem is. Courtney and I finally found out what the problem is. We're convinced of it. It's the bed. Okay, it's the bed. Because here's the thing. I didn't know if you knew this. Apparently, if you don't have a pressure-reducing, motion-isolated, sleep-cooling, dynamic response mattress, I mean, what are you sleeping on a rock? Like, what's your problem? That's what all those NASA engineers who are now, I guess, working on the mattress companies are telling us right now, that you need all that stuff, right? And it's like, that's what they're saying. Why are they all working for mattress companies, by the way? All the NASA guys are just working over there making these crazy egg-shaped mattresses. But anyways, I was watching a commercial the other day, and that's it. I had the Eureka moment. I was like, honey, honey, our mattress don't have no waffled engineer's physics in it. That's why our necks hurt. That's what it is. That's our problem. So I've been like, I'm telling you, I know more about beds right now, everybody, than you would, would want to imagine. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Like, and a couple months ago, I had no idea how bad our mattress was. And now all of a sudden, I'm looking at foam densities, comfort grids, pressure squares, all that stuff. Um, but here's the, here's the question. Here's a, this is true. Here's a question. I'm telling you, man, they're like, I, I might as well buy a car for the price of these things. I'm telling you right now. But here's the question. Will this mattress, is this mattress going to satisfy me? Will this, like, get there for me? Will it get in? Here's the thing. Probably for a little while, maybe. Maybe. It might, right? It might. But, but here's the thing. It's going to be great for a while, but here's what, here's what I know. The newness eventually, just like most things, is going to wear off. And here's what, I'm eventually going to get crooks in my neck again. And there's going to be times where I'm not going to sleep good. Because here's the thing, the mattress isn't the only reason why I'm not sleeping that well. And here's my guess for most of you. This is why we're talking about this. Here's my guess. My guess is that most of us think if we just had a little bit more of something, then it would satisfy us. And we're not greedy, not, not a, just a little bit more, and then that'll be it. That's what we want, uh, and that's what we need, right? And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to tell you something, and here's the thing. Many of you in this room know this by experience, and so many of you are not yet convinced of this at all. But here's what's going to happen. More will happen. You'll, you'll get more. Like, you'll get more house. You'll get the promotion, and you'll get more of whatever. And you'll think initially, that finally did it. There it is. I finally got got it for me but here's the thing in the long run it doesn't do it for you does it 
And then what happens is we say, well, maybe that's not the more that I needed. Maybe it's that something over there that I need just a little bit more of. And then what we do, what we do, everybody, we set our course for that thing right there. And then we go after getting a little bit more of that. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to look at that with this thought of the idea of like wanting more of something. I want to look at this prayer that Paul gives the church and he gives to us in Ephesians chapter 3. He's going to help us in understanding what this should look like in our lives. I love this prayer that Paul uh, is, is going to give. It's so straightforward. It's so simple. And here's my goal today. Here's, this is what I want to accomplish today, okay? I want to go through this prayer. I want to see what it's all about, and I just want to challenge every single one of us to live this out. That's it. That's all we're going to do today. We're just going to go through it, see what he says, and I'm going to challenge us to live this out. There are not going to be any theological breakthroughs. I'm so sorry. Like, there's just not going to be anything like, whoa, this is just not going to be that. But I'm telling you, if we can look at this and ask ourselves with how we live this life, like, man, if I could live this out, what would my life look like if I just lived this prayer of Paul's out and what he says about what it looks like to have more? Because here's the thing. When it comes to more, listen, everybody, when it comes to more, so many of us want more of something, right? So many of us want more of something. But here's the question. The question isn't what do I want more of. The question is actually what do I need? It's not a question of what do I want more of. It's a question of what do I need more of. Paul's going to help us understand what we need more of. So let's go to it. Let's get to it. We're going to be in Ephesians 3, cha or chapter 3, verse 14. He's going to start picking up this prayer uh, in verse 14. Here's what he says. He says, for this reason. Okay, we've got to stop there. For what reason? What is he talking about before he prays for the church? Here's what he's saying. For the, he's saying, when I think about God, that's what he's saying. When I think of God and like who he is and his majesty, okay? When I think of that, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So before Paul gets into this prayer, Paul is saying when he thinks of God, when he thinks about his plan and his majesty, he's saying, I can only respond in the appropriate way, which is prayer. That, that when the first thing that comes to my brain is actually getting on my knees, and it just humbles me to respond to God in the only way that's appropriate. Gang, I wonder if we need more of that in our lives. I just wonder if that's what we need more of, where, where praying isn't just something that we do, but it's much more of a response to our thought of God that it just kind of humbly takes us to our knees going, God, man, you are amazing. You are awesome. I know for me, when I saw this prayer, when I, when I went through this, man, it challenged my prayer life, everybody. It just challenged me when I saw it. And I wonder just for some of you, if there needs to be a revival in your prayer life. I just, I just wonder for some of you like me, maybe there needs to be something new in your prayer life where it's not just something we do but it's a response to God so Paul starts praying and what we're going to find out in the next couple of verses he's going to be praying for three things three things that he wants the church and us to be having more of and here's the thing if we can lock these three things down if we could just be living these three things and going after these three things you will see the fullness of God appearing in your life and working in your life all right so let's look at the first one if you're taking notes in verse 16 here's what he says he says that according to the riches of his glory that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so if you're taking notes the first thing that paul's praying for you to be doing is to be walking in god's inner strength you know earlier when i asked you what you want more of did anybody think, man, I want more of God's inner strength? Anybody think of that? You know, for me, I know that I didn't, but until I first came across this prayer. But that's what Paul wants you to have more of. I'm just wondering if there's anybody here who could just use a little bit more strength. You need a little bit more strength today? Strength to get through 
strength to endure, strength to hold on. Here's what this is saying. There is for believers in Christ a power that is within us. And here's the thing, gang. It is a power. It is a source of power that can strengthen us beyond our own abilities or capabilities. And it's a strength. Here's what the Bible says about this strength of God that's inside of us through the Holy Spirit. It is a strength that has power, that has love. Listen, that has self-control. It's a power that has endurance. It has patience. It has joy. Anybody need a little bit of those things in their life right now? The Bible says that it's there. There is a power there. God wants to give that power to us. And here's the thing that every single one of us as followers of Christ have, it's within us. It's in us right now. And it's something that comes from within, not outside, not anywhere else. It comes from God. And here's why we need this strength. This is why we need to be tapping in to this strength. Because I don't know about you, you know, if you, if you notice that followers of Christ, we're not immune to the problems that come in this life that are beyond our own strength to deal with, Right? That we're not immune to that. We need the strength. We face problems that are beyond our strength to deal with and power to resolve. We never outgrow that. I know I haven't. I know I haven't. This past week, uh, I actually came to experience God's inner strength in me working more than it has in a long time in my life. Uh, without going into a lot of detail, I had to actually face something that, that I thought I was prepared for. I thought I was ready to do. But as it got closer and closer, it was honestly uh, scaring me to death to do what I needed to do. Uh, this week, I don't know if you've ever had to face something like that, where you just knew it was beyond your strength to deal with or cope with. Maybe it was something physical, something medical, a diagnosis you're waiting on, going to find out something, or maybe it's just something you've dealt with already, but you're like, man, I don't have the strength to deal with it again. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I'm telling you, it can break down the strongest people, can it? It can. And so that's where I found myself. I found myself there, and I needed God's inner strength in me more than ever. And here's why I knew, because here's the crazy thing. This scripture was right in front of me. It was awesome when I was going through this, and I knew what I needed to do. So here's what I did. I, 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 I told Courtney that she needed to pray for me. And then I asked my closest friend that he needed to pray for me. And then I had all the pastors and their wives praying over me while I was going through this. And I'm telling you, I didn't even ask them to pray for the strength. I did not, but this is what they were praying for me. It was unbelievable that they were praying. For this. And gang, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, as this, as this came closer and closer for me to deal with and for me to do, and as I wanted to keep talking myself out of actually doing this, there was just a power. There was a power within me. And I'm telling you guys, it slingshot me into doing what I needed to do. It was unbelievable. Listen to me. There is a power. There is a source of power within you that can be accessed. It doesn't just happen uh, to everybody, but it can be accessed by every follower of Christ that will help you face your fears. It will help you face your weaknesses. It will help you face your doubts. And this isn't some one-time experience, guys. This is what Paul is praying for, that you can walk in this every single day of your life where you are tapping into God's inner strength and power in you. It's unbelievable. You know, I think, unfortunately... I really think that there are a lot of followers of Christ that, that walk in your own strength. That you, you've never tapped in to God's strength. You are living out of your own strength. And gang, listen to me. I don't know what it's going to take for you to let that go. To just keep white knuckling your way through this life and just be trying to rely on your own strength. But here's what I'm afraid of. Something's going to come up and you're not going to be able to handle it, guys. I know it. Something's going to come up. And my fear... My fear is because you've never tapped into it. You've never really relied on God's inner strength or tapped into it. You're going to feel like when this thing comes that God kind of let you down when he never was actually tapped into by you. And you're going to feel like your, your faith is going to be so shaken when it should never have been. And I don't want that for you. Do you hear me? I don't, I don't want that for you because there is, a, there is a mighty strength that is within you. 
that you can actually tap into and use instead of relying on your own strength. That's Paul's prayer for you. That's what he is saying, that he wants you to find and you to walk in instead of white-knuckling your way through faith. That's not what God wants you to be full of. He wants you to be full of his inner strength. So that's the first thing that Paul wants you to be walking in and wants you to have. And now let's get into the second one. It's verse 17. And this is a so that. So, he, so each one of these builds in to the next one. He's like, man, so I want you to tap in to God's inner strength so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So here's a second thing that Paul wants for you, that he's praying for you to have, is that he wants to, you to make more room for Jesus. That you need to make more room for Jesus in your heart. That we have a heart. Listen, he's saying, I want you to have a heart that is continually, persistently, and unapologetically making more and more room for God and less and less room for anything else that gets in the way. That's my prayer for you. That's what he wants you to do. When I think of uh, the idea of making more room for something, I think of my kids. Uh, both of them do this, by the way. So we have a, um, a big L-shaped couch a, a, in my house. So it's like an L-shaped deal. And so uh, we sit there a lot in our TV room. So that when there are days where we're just kind of hanging out, not doing a lot, we're watching something together, we're watching TV or a movie together, uh, a lot of times Courtney and I kind of want to sit by each other or she'll want to put her head uh, on my lap. And so when we do that, there's just a lot of couch left. Like, so much. There's so much more couch left to sit. You can sit, like, however you want to, okay? But I don't know why, but the second Courtney and I, like, touch skin on that couch, it's like an alarm bell rings for my kids. That they have to come, and they have to wedge their way, and they have Hulk-like strength. It's crazy what they can do. They contort themselves to get in between me, and we can't stop it. I'm like, you're five. How am I not able to, like, overpower you? And they, they unapologetically make room for themselves in between me and Courtney. It's I'm like, look at all the couch. Like, it's crazy. But that's what happens. How are you making room for Jesus these days? How are you unapologetically just saying, I'm squeezing him in it wherever I can in my life? You know, as I studied this text, the word that really stuck out, the word that is key in this text is the word dwell, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Because to dwell means this. This is what dwell means. It means to take up residence. It's to live in. In. And here's the opposite of that word It's to visit How's it going for you these days Is, is Jesus dwelling in you Or is he just kind of stopping by For a visit on a Sunday I think a lot of Christians Unfortunately I, I do think that, that You make just enough room For Jesus just to make an appearance Where he's, he's kind of there but not all the way. We need to remember, and here's what we need to remember, everybody. See, here's where we go to when we read a prayer like this with Paul. We need to remember, Paul is writing to Christians that they're already saved. This is not a prayer for salvation to make room for Jesus in your heart. They've already done something with Jesus. So here's the thing, gang. You gotta wrap your heads around this. This is why he's writing to you about this. See, this isn't a prayer for salvation. This is a prayer for saturation. And there's a big difference there. So how about it? Because he's talking about allowing Jesus to permeate Every single area of your life Not just a section But every single area so, so as you look at your life The question is this Does Jesus Christ saturate Every single area of my life Or just a section Because uh, gang that, That's unfortunately what believers in Christ do Is they compartmentalize Jesus Into just a few areas of your life Where you just sort of take out Jesus once a week Or you, or you take him out when the problems come Or a lot of times you take him out when it's too late and you just kind of have them in compartments of your life. Instead of Jesus being everywhere in your life, he's just in a few sections of your life. Gang, that is not, that is not how you get filled up with the fullness of God in your life. That's what Paul's praying for. Paul's praying that, that Jesus comes more and more at home in your heart. 
that, that he's so much at home in your heart that it's not just on Sundays or on Tuesdays at home group, but, but he's with you at the ball game. He's with you at the golf course. He's with you on the commute. He's with you in the office. He's with you on how you spend your money, how you do your marriage, how you raise your kids. He is saturating every area of your life, how you spend your time and how you actually make your point, everything. He's just saturating it all. And here's the question, why? This is the question, why? We gotta answer that question. Why allow Jesus to saturate all those areas of my life, you know? He just does a couple and things are working out okay for me. So why allow Jesus to give him more room? Why give him more room? Here's the answer, everybody. Here it is. Here it is. This is key. Because only in Christ will you ever find things like lasting peace, lasting rest, lasting joy, and lasting love. And it's the only thing, guys, that's going to fill up the void that everyone has, including Christians. We still have the void that only Jesus should be filling up. And here's the problem. And the problem is when we, when Christians are still trying to fill that stuff up with other things. And then what we do, you know what we do by doing that? We end up squeezing out the only thing that we're truly looking for. We squeeze them out in our time with God. We squeeze them out in our appointments. We squeeze them out in our schedules. We squeeze them out in our priorities. And gang, listen to me. It's why so many Christians, it's why so many Christians are still on this never-ending search for more. It is. It is. It's why so many of us are still looking for more something. Paul prays. He, he could be praying for so much stuff. It's, it's amazing what he's praying for. He could be praying for anything. But you know what he prays? So simple. He's like, man, I'm praying that you just make more and more room in your heart and in your life for Jesus, believer. It's awesome what he's praying for. So how would you say you're doing as far as continually, persistently, unapologetically making room for Jesus these days? You made a decision to come today to church. That, that's way to go. I mean, because that, you, you decided, I'm gonna make more room for Jesus today, so I'm so glad that you did that. But what about the next decision? What other decisions do you need to make to make more room for him? Is he at home in your heart? Is he just visiting? Is he finding that space, or is he getting pinched out? It's Paul's prayer you have that going because it leads to this. Look at what he says, what it leads to. He says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, Lisa, that may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. It's unbelievable. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's the third thing that Paul wants you to have that he is praying for. He wants you to experience the love of Christ. He wants you to experience the full love of Christ. I love how Paul says that there is something that surpasses knowledge with Jesus. I love that. It makes me just, because here's what he's getting at. This is what he's getting at, everybody. The only way, the only way that you will uh, find your need for more to be filled up, the only way is where you wind up with contentment and joy is when you exchange something with Jesus. Not just a knowledge of, but an experience with Christ. So let me ask you, When's the last time you've really just experienced the love of Jesus in your heart? Have you been experiencing God lately? Like really experiencing with him again? I'm not, I'm not asking if you prayed a prayer of salvation. That's not who Paul's talking to. You already did that. He's asking, man, when was the last time you truly experienced something where you just felt this surpassing deal with God? It's like, oh man, when's the last time? I find it for me more uh, in worshiping worshiping with you all on Sunday, worshiping uh, with songs. I just, man, that's where I find it. I'm like, oh God, that's right, man. I just hear those words and they just saturate me. I'm telling you, I'm like, man, that's who you are. That's who I, and when I do that, I just hear God going, I love you. I love you, Andy. 
and he just becomes so real, and it just surpasses my just knowledge that there is a God and that Jesus saves me. That's, and the other place that I find is in solitude, when I'm just on my own, and I'm just looking around, and I'm like, God, you just, man, you didn't have to make this beautiful. Like, it's unreal, you know? And I, I try to find myself more and more pockets of doing that. So how about it? How about you? How are you experiencing God these days? This is Paul's prayer for you to live out. This is it. This is, this is what we can all get to. This is what we all can walk in on and go after, that you tap into God's inner strength for you so that you will bring more and more Jesus and you will make Jesus more and more home in your heart so that you will truly experience the love of Christ, that you feel it, not just know it, that you feel it. Man, what would that look like? I'm just asking, what would that look like if this entire church was going after just those three things? What would it look like in this community to live every day like this, just right here? What would it do to our families and our neighborhoods in this community that we live in? God tells us it's possible, gang. He tells us it's possible. And Paul says, this is what's even cooler than that. He says, even if you're in these things, it's still going to keep surpassing your knowledge. That's, all, that's awesome. You're it's still not even going to get, you're still going to be like, oh man, I need more. It's unbelievable what that says. It's awesome. And then you'll see what it's really like to be full. Because here's what Paul says. He ends this with, he goes, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. It comes all the way back to the first thing he prays. And here it is, bottom line, this is what we're going to get after. This is why we need to go after these things because fullness of leads to immeasurably more. That the fullness of these things, it leads to immeasurably more in your life. That for you to be experiencing God where you're seeing him do far more than you could ever imagine, far more in your life and in your family and in your marriage and in your work than you could ever think possible that you need to be filled with God first. You need to be filling yourself with the things that we just talked about first. Fullness of leads to, listen, immeasurably more. Some of you right now, you need to think about what you're doing to fill your life with. How's that going? How's it going with what you're filling up your life with? Are you finding that? Are you going after that? Some of you need to make a choice. You need to choose with your heart and your brain and, and your calendar and your schedules with what's filling you up these days, man. Because remember, just like that, that listen, you live who you think the most important things about you. Who, who is the most important person? How are you seeing that in your schedule and what you're filling your life with, up with? Because the most important person in your life, what they think of you, that's how you live out your life. Are you making more room for him who says these things about you? And so, I don't know, man. I know for me, just for me, I, I know... And I need a lot of help in this. I got people praying over me for this in my life. I really do believe that God could do far more abundantly in my life than I can do on my own strength and on my own will. I know it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. And all I want is I just want God more than ever. I want to just, I just want a with God life. I just, and I want to live a God first life. And it's not easy. But that's, I know that's where abundance is. I know that's where peace, I know that's where freedom is. When I, and I got it, and, and it only happens, gang, listen, when I choose to fill up with him every single day of my life, not just on Sunday, not just on Tuesday at home group, it's every day I gotta be filling my life up with him. So I thought a lot about uh, how to end this message, okay? And I was, man, I was really struggling on how to end this and kind of give us something to do with this prayer because it's just an incredible prayer. It's just so straightforward, and I was, I was just really rest. I didn't know what to do, and I was talking to God about it, and, and I didn't really didn't get anything until about Wednesday, and I remember where it was. I was actually at the gym asking God. I was like, how do I do this, you know? So I was over there getting ripped, and uh, it just dawned on me. Like, he was like, drop the 300 pounds, man. I was like, okay, I'll do it, man. 
was like, tink, you know. And, but man, I'll tell you, when I was at the gym, it was just like, man, it was right on Wednesday night. It was just so clear. It was awesome. It was like right from God. And it was like God, God just told me, he's like, hey, listen, man, that whole thing's a prayer. Have him pray. And I was like, okay, man. So that's what we're going to do. But uh, then another thing dawned on me right there on Wednesday at the gym, right there. Another thing dawned on me that I, that I remember. I look back on it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and honestly, gang, that's why we're actually in this series is what happened a few years ago. A few years ago, uh, this scripture, this prayer was like wrecking me. It was a few years ago, and I, and I remember talking to Courtney about it, and I was like, man, we were walking through this scripture, and we were just, I was like, this is just wrecking me. My prayer life is just in bad shape. I gotta be praying for bigger things. I gotta be praying for better things for you and for other people. And so here's what Courtney did. Uh, she actually took the time. She wrote that whole prayer for me on a note card, and she gave me the note card with a letter, because I, I don't do real good at, I'm not very good at memorizing scripture. So what I do is I, I have a box of note cards, and I just put all the scriptures that are very important to me, the things that I want to know, and I just go over them over. So she wrote me a note card, and then she gave me this uh, letter, uh, and so she wrote me this note, and, and here's what she said. I'm not going to tell you the whole letter, but here's what she said. It's awesome. Here she goes, I want you to have this prayer handy as a reminder of what our God is capable of through you. He could do abundantly more than what you ask or think. And then she said, holy cow. I love that. She's like, holy cow. And then she said this. She said, I echo Paul's prayer for you. I pray God strengthens you with the power of his spirit in your inner being and that you are rooted and grounded in love. That's what she wrote to me. And then she talked about how awesome I was. I don't, it's, that's embarrassing. I don't want to get into that, but it was... Yeah, you know, I don't want to get into that. But, but I, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Here's what I want to tell you. When I knew, and I remember this like yesterday, everybody, I'm telling you, when I knew that she was praying that prayer for me, it did something to me. Like it really did. When I was like, she's praying that over me. I remember I got to get moving, man. I got to get moving in my own prayer life. I got to get moving in my faith. I can't just sit around. She's praying that for me. It's true. And so let me ask you this. If you knew someone who, who was genuinely praying that you would walk in God's inner strength, that you would just bring in Jesus more and more to your heart, that you would get, make more room for him, and that you would actually be filled with the fullness of God. How do you just sit with that? You know what the answer is? You can't. You got to get moving in your faith when you know someone is praying that over you. So here's my challenge. Here's your application. Two things that I want every single one of us to do. So here's the first one. Between now and the end of the series, which is Easter, between now and Easter Sunday, I want every single one of you to pray this prayer for somebody else. That's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer every day for somebody else. And you can switch it out every week or whatever, but every day. Pray this, and the prayers are at the bottom of the outlines if you want to use it. And I put blanks in to put somebody's name in there. Pray this prayer for somebody else. So I want you to do that. And here's what I think will happen. You know what I think will happen if you choose just to do this one? Pray for somebody else. It's going to change you. I'm telling you right now. When you just pray this for somebody else, it's going to change your life. So I want you to do that. I want, you to, I want you to pray that over someone else. You won't say the same if you do this. And here's the second one that I want you to do, okay? Every day, I want you to find somebody or tell somebody to make a commitment. I want you to find somebody to pray that for you. That if you want to live this out, have somebody pray this for you and over you. Because I'm telling you, when you know someone is praying this genuinely for this, you're going to find different gear. You're going to get up a little earlier, spend some time with God when you know somebody's praying this over you. You ain't going to sleep in. I'm telling you, it's going to change you if you do this. You will find a different gear to live for God. That's it, man. Pray this for somebody. Find somebody. And here's the thing. If you're in a home group, you're done. You're done if you're in a home group because you have a time, you have a place, and you have people that you can do this with right now. When you meet this week, I want every single home group in here to do that. And here's what we're going to do as a home group. I want to challenge you to do whatever you want to do as a group, but don't not do this. 
What we're going to do, I'm going to challenge my group. We're going to, every week we get together, every Tuesday, I'm going to put our names in a hat, and I'm going to have all of us draw one name, and for that week, that's who I'm praying for every single day, that prayer. And then we're going to get back on Tuesday, and we'll do it again. And we'll just encourage, and we'll pray. We'll see what happens. I think God is going to do something to me. So if you're in a group, you're done. I would challenge you to do that in every home group. Here's the thing. If you're not in a group, get in a group. You need this. I'm telling you, you need community. And I'm not, I don't even care if it's a ridge group. I honestly, you need community in your life that are doing these things with you and for you. But here's the thing, okay? If you're still here and you're not in a group, that's good. Find someone to do this for. Ask someone to do this for you. It'll help you live this out, I'm telling you. And I'm, if you do it, it's going to help you. And if you don't, man, you're just going to sit there in your faith, I'm telling you. It's easy. This is an easy thing to do. And pray big prayers. Don't stop there. Pray big prayers, man. That's the thing that I've learned. Paul, Paul has shown us there's bigger prayers we should be praying. I, as I thought through this, you know, here's the thing that I thought about when, when, how much time I get? Here's the thing I thought about when I was looking at Paul and his prayer. Here's the thing. He was writing this from prison, all right? And it just got me thinking about this. He was writing this from prison to a church that was being persecuted for their faith. And so you would think, with all that going on, that he would say, here are the circumstances I want you to pray me out of. Get me out of prison first, and then I'll pray for your safety. None of that's there. You know why? Because he's choosing. He's like, no, 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 no. I got bigger prayers to pray than my circumstances, everybody. Think about that. And I thought about my own prayer life. And I was like, dang, man. That's all I do is pray for circumstances. That's all I do. And God is like, there are way bigger prayers to pray for. That's what Paul is showing us. He's praying bigger prayers. I think we need to do that, everybody. And you know one of the reasons why I don't pray those bigger prayers? I don't know what to pray. And God's like, here. Like, it's amazing. It's right there. These bigger prayers. Things like God's inner strength to be working in us. For Jesus to be more and more dwelling in our hearts and for us to be experiencing, not just knowing you're experiencing the love of Christ. Those are the prayers that fill everybody up, right? So that's what we need to be praying for. So God, I pray for this church. I pray for every man and woman in here who has surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. I pray that you will give them your mighty inner strength through the Holy Spirit. I pray that they just find that strength that you have in them and that Christ will be made more and more at home in their hearts because they are trusting in you. I pray that their roots go deep down into the soil of your love and God that they feel and understand how long and how wide and how deep and how high your love is so that they will experience you in their life they will feel you in their life and that they will find the fullness of what you could do for them and we pray for this all in Jesus name as we look to pray this for other people and look for other people to pray this for us we love you Jesus amen all right, listen, you have your assignment. It's your choice to do it or not. I'm telling you, you need to do it. Find somebody to pray for. Pray for somebody else. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday for the next identity we're going to talk about. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you.